I was really clear in that I didn't want it to be like just famous members of the church. I didn't want it to be just Deseret Book authors. I wanted it to be free to talk to anybody about their story. And I think that makes it so the podcast can kind of go on as long as I want it to. Mm -hmm. Um, But I do think sometimes, you know, what will it look like when it has run its course and when it's done its job and, and it's time to hang it up? I don't know. Glad to be able to share this episode of The Cultural Hall with you. If you've never listened to The Cultural Hall before, I want you to know we are a positive, faith-affirming show that's available in podcast form. We do a couple episodes every week. Some are news, some are interviews like what this one is, so thank you for finding your way to it. You can find us in all the online spaces at The Cultural Hall, uh, and you can also become a part of a Patreon group. It's patreon.com forward slash The Cultural Hall. It's where people uh, say, hey, you know what? We like this enough to put a little money behind it, and we love that you are willing to do that. Uh, For those that just want to hang out with some super fans and don't want to pay money, I don't know why you wouldn't want to help out your favorite show and podcast form, but that that decision is yours to make. Uh, you can find the Cultural Hall back row. Uh, those are both on Facebook, uh, patreon.com forward slash the Cultural Hall. It's just a website you can find. Go there and, and learn more about it, why don't you? And then at the Cultural Hall on Twitter, on Instagram. And then, of course, you can find us on Pinterest like we roll and, and Facebook and, you know, theculturalhall.com. You can see our more than now 545 episodes that we've done. Uh, over the last decade, which, man, that just sounds exhausting, doesn't it? Doesn't it? All right. You know what isn't exhausting? Ready for the hard segue right here? What isn't exhausting is this episode of The Cultural Hall. Time for another episode of The Cultural Hall, honored to, I don't know if she is the most listened to podcaster uh, for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, but if if not the most uh, one of the most, it is the general editor of the book, All In, named after the podcast, All In. It's uh, our old friend Morgan Jones. Welcome back. Richie, it is always so fun to be with you. Thank you for having me. Uh, the tremendous success from the podcast, All In. Uh, I never like to recommend people go anywhere else, but if they are going to go anywhere else, I do tell them to go <laughs> check out All In. I always means think, a lot to me. I always think it should be, thou shalt have no other podcasts before this show. Right. But, but if there is, and I recognize there's more hours in a week than we do episodes, although climbing, you know, <laughs> there may not be, uh, to go check out All In. It's great to have you here. That's very generous of you. Thank you, Richie. Uh, exciting things have been happening since we chatted last. Um, first of all, uh, y- y- you wrote a book. I did, yeah. This was my uh, quarantine project. Yeah. Everyone had one. Some did sourdough. You decided to write a book. That's right. Well, it's probably because I wouldn't be very good at making sourdough. So you got to do what you can do. (laughs) You lean into your talents. That's right. Yeah. So this was uh, this was what I did at night after work. Yeah. Now, is it really like you're sort of going crazy? You need a project to do. Is it that literal quarantine project? No, I think it was more so I have always said that I wanted to write a book. Mm -hmm. And the problem being when you have a day job that involves writing, the Mm -hmm. last thing that you want to do after work is write some more. Right. And so I think I kept always putting that off and thinking, you know, somewhere down the road, I'll write a book. But then when you couldn't do anything else at night, 
it was like, okay, well, might as well use this time wisely. <laughs> and actually, initially, what we pitched to Deseret Book was very different than what this book ended up being. So I thought initially that it was going to be way less work mm-hmm. than it ended up being. Ended up being a lot more work, but I think a much better product in the end. It's worth mentioning, I think that some people listen to this and go, wait a minute, she's a writer. Maybe they don't even know that about you. They just listen to you on All In and and think that you're the host and, right. and, and you're kind of producer behind that. But that that is just a small glimpse into what you do. Yeah. So I started writing at Deseret News and was there for four and a half years. And then when I was brought on at Deseret Book, they kind of didn't have a job for me. And so the podcast was kind of born. And then I was able to kind of focus on that for a year. But then after that year of bliss, they told me that I needed to get it down to 50% or less of my time at work. Mm -hmm. And so then they gave me a lot more of a job. (laughs) And so I manage all of the editorial content and uh, web content right now. My job is actually about to change a little bit. But as of right now, manage all of the written content for LDS Living, both the print magazine and online. Now, others, though, that are hearing that would would be able to point to the over 8 million downloads, as I understand it. Is that overstating? No, we're almost to 9 million. Yeah, the the almost 9 million downloads and be like, guys, can't this be my job? Can't can't we just focus on this? And I know you're not ever one to be like, well, yeah, of course, you know, just to to naysay or anything like that. But, But that is a tremendous feat that that. Many people have not only uh, a lot of admiration or adoration for, but a little a little envy that it's been so successful. Why do you think that is uh, within the particular, let's call it a product in this case, of, of All In? Why do I think it's been successful? Yeah, w- well, because, I mean, success, just doing it for a lot of podcasters is like, I put out an episode and then the Which next week... Which is a huge accomplishment yeah, because it's so much work. Yeah, I put, and then I put out another one the next week and, and maybe I did a handful and that was great. That's success. Other right. people just being able to, to connect and talk with other people, that's a success. Almost 9 million downloads in uh, under 200 episodes, that, that's enormous success. Well, that's very kind of you. You probably know this, Richie, that before we started this podcast, I did not know hardly anything about podcasts. In fact, I think that when I first started working on a podcast, I didn't know that they were free. Mm -hmm. Like little things that any normal person would know, I did not know. I don't have any background in broadcast, Mm -hmm. so I've had to like learn all of that. And so to me, honestly, the whole experience has been success in terms of I feel like I have learned a ton and have gained a tremendous amount of appreciation for both podcasts and what they're able to do and anybody that, like you said, puts an episode out because it is so much work. Um, I think for me, the podcast would be successful with significantly less downloads just because to me, the biggest success is if anybody listens to it and it makes them feel a little bit less alone Mm -hmm. in living their faith. That's always been my goal. I grew up in a part of the country where there were not a lot of members of the church and always just felt like this tremendous desire to feel some connection to other members of the church. And mm-hmm. so for me, if if we can facilitate that connection, if we can make somebody feel like Richie, if I'm sitting down with you, 
they're like, oh, there's this guy that likes this thing that I like, and he also believes what I believe. Mm -hmm. And to me, like, that would be success. Am I really grateful for how many people have listened to it and been with us throughout this? Super grateful. Mm -hmm. I don't want to discount that at all. But I think that there's so much more to, and I, I have so much admiration, Richie, for every person in this Latter-day Saint podcast space, mm -hmm. because I think that there are different people that appeal to different listeners, and there will be people that listen to you, and they're like, oh, man, I just feel like I am friends with Richie Stedman, and mm -hmm. I'm grateful for him and how he shows up for me every week, and mm -hmm. there will be other people that feel that way about me, hopefully, <laughs> and so I think in that, there is just, there's space for everybody, and that's one thing when we first started this podcast, um, a, a girl named Christine Baird Wood. Do you know Christine? It sounds familiar, but off, off the She's top of my head, I'm fantastic, not sure. fantastic, and you should meet her, but she, I met her at a Christmas party and she worked on Lewis Howe's podcast. Mm -hmm. And so she had just moved back to Utah from LA and we started talking and she said, I worked as a producer for this podcast. And I was like, oh, we just started a podcast and we have no idea what we're doing. So if you <laughs> want to help, you know, and she was like, I'd love to sit down. And so we actually brought her in as a consultant. And one of the things that she said was, you need to understand that there's room in this space for everybody. Sure. And to approach it with an abundance mentality rather than a scarcity mentality. And I, I'm a big proponent ever since then, have been a really big proponent of that in my life in general. Just mm -hmm. like, I think there's room for everybody. I think everybody has something to offer. And uh, I think that is, that's what makes different things successful in different ways. Yeah. I, I like, too, that you talk and, and reflect that sort of one of the desires you had growing up is, I just want to know that I'm not alone. But would you agree or disagree with the statement that sometimes being a host of a podcast is the most lonely thing <laughs> ever when you put these products out for people? I would say that there's definitely some truth to that. I think it's funny because on one hand, I'm like, how lucky am I to be the one that gets to sit in these spaces and talk with these people that I am 100% not qualified to talk to. <laughs> like I was doing an interview um, last week with Brittany Chapman Nash mm -hmm. about polygamy. Mm -hmm. And the whole time I was thinking, you are in way over your head, Morgan Jones, <laughs> you know? And there was even one point where she, she looked at me because we were like on a video chat. She looked at me and she goes... Is that making any sense? Because I think I must have had like a really confused look on my face. Uh -huh. And I was just like, yeah, it does. Like, I'm just trying to digest what you just said. <laughs> and but then at the end of the interview, she was like, hey, actually, I have something. This is after we've stopped recording. Mm -hmm. She's like, I actually have something that I've been thinking about. Can I pick your brain about it? And I was like, again, I am not qualified for this brilliant human who has dedicated so much time to pick my brain about anything mm -hmm. related to the topic, but I'm here for it. Mm -hmm. So in some ways, I feel super grateful to be the one that gets to sit down and have those conversations. On the flip side, I totally get what you mean about it being kind of a lonely space sometimes. Mm -hmm. And I think I always wrestle with, and I don't know if you can relate to this, but... 
I always wrestle with, I don't really like attention very much. Yeah, I, no, I can't relate to that. <laughs> I want it. I want it to succeed and I want people to listen and I want it to be helpful to people. Mm-hmm. But I get really kind of uncomfortable sometimes. And, and so I feel like it's just this really interesting balance for me. But I love what I do. I love talking to people. I love interviewing people. Um, what do you mean when you say it's like a lonely space? I'm curious. So I always think like when I, when I, you know, I feel like I have a great conversation. I'm like, oh man, I was so enlightened. And then I, you know, I put it together and I, you know, I, I put it out and then there's just that, that moment of silence that occurs. And it's like, does anyone like this? Is right. You know, and I can see the numbers. I can see that people have listened to that. Right. And, and you just are like, maybe maybe i missed this or maybe this conversation isn't what it you know what i thought it was or or maybe and it's a different space in in obviously what i do cuz i can do whatever whim i want to right? right chase a church history thing one week and you know laugh with a, a comedian the next week uh but but so often to have the, those opportunities where it's like i really like this and then it just is nothing and then one where i'm like this was good it was solid i felt like i brought my a game but maybe not something i'm particularly interested in or thought it would be one thing and ended up being something else and then people come through and are like that was amazing and yeah. i'm like wait where did i how did i miss i know or, or or what was the difference for me with that thing compared to the other thing yeah well i think to that point though i think it's really kind of cool how Sometimes the episodes that I don't think are going to resonate as much totally resonate and people are super drawn to them. And that to me, I'm like, that's why that's the beauty of this thing Mm -hmm. that like different things appeal to different people and different people are going through different things. So glad that an episode that sometimes I don't think is going to do as well does really well. Sure. On the flip side, I actually think, Richie, for me, it's kind of cool when I, like, love one and other people don't love it as much. Makes it more special? I think for me, it's like, you know what? I know what I felt in that moment. I thought that was really cool, and I learned something. And maybe it wasn't even the person interviewing that I'm interviewing that's teaching me that thing. Maybe it was the spirit, and Mm -hmm. that doesn't totally come through in the podcast, and that's fine. So I don't know. I think it's... I think it can be a lonely space, but also like, again, how cool to be the person that actually gets to talk to these people that a lot of people just admire from a distance. Mm -hmm. And then counter to that, I always find it fun too. I was recently uh, in Nashville for a podcast conference and uh, a dear friend who she and I have chatted online, but really haven't had the opportunity ever to meet in person. When she saw me at the conference, it was like she saw her favorite rock star (laughs) and, and I I, and I loved it, and it was very sweet, and I was very flattered. But there was some some of that element where it's like, "Thank you, thank thank you," you know. And you know, we sort of hugged, and we we actually ended up uh, her and her husband and I going to dinner. But That's to know to know that that was a significant part of her life, right. you know, to to be able to have that interaction and 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 that relationship because of the episodes that we've shared. I thought that was super cool too. I think it's really cool when you have people that are like. I, you don't know me, but we do everything together. Mm -hmm. Like there's this lady, she invited me to come speak to her relief society. And I was, she was introducing me and she's like, Morgan and I never met before tonight, but (laughs) we go to the grocery store together. We ride bikes together. We go on runs together, Uh like all these things. And part of me is kind of jealous because I'm like, 
well, you, I would like to get to know you, mm-hmm. you know? Um, but at the same time, also, like you said, kind of a really neat thing to feel like you are getting to spend time and be a part of a lot of people's lives sure. and you don't even know it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and also then kind of piggybacking back on that is that uh, idea of time. When you think of the thing that you know, that we have in common with even the richest billionaires, we all have the same amount of time and that people would give you a little bit their of their time. time that it's like, oh, man, I got to step this up. Or, it's like you, you know, can't actually yeah. think about that yeah. too much yeah. because it gets overwhelming. Yeah. I know. Yeah. I'm like, man, I can't believe. And it's funny, too, because friends of mine will say, I'm so sorry. I actually haven't listened to very many episodes of your podcast. I'm like, no worries. I'm not offended <laughs> at all. I'm actually shocked when anybody that I know personally is like, oh, I like listen to your podcast because I'm like, don't you get enough of me <laughs> in our interactions in person? But uh, I, I would, as we kind of turn back towards the uh, the book, which is why I said, hey, you know, you got this book. Let's have you come in. Uh, so here is what I'm I'm guessing i'm yeah. supposing was the idea with the book at the end of each of the episodes you ask you know what does it mean to you to be all in in the gospel and in true form i don't know that i know you super well but i would think that if if it were like me i would think i'd be transcribing the last part of those questions from everyone putting it in a book and being like i am a book author was that the original intent of what all in was yeah and i actually don't know if if we had done it that way, I don't think I would have called myself a book author. Mm-hmm. I think I just honestly thought the reason that we had this idea in the first place is because people started sending us messages and saying that they were p- going in through the transcripts, pulling out those all in answers and putting in them in like a notebook or hmm. a journal. Hmm. And so I was like, if people are already doing this on their own, couldn't we make their lives easier and do like the first 100 episodes Mm -hmm. every all-in answer? But what we found is we started, and actually one of the listeners that had done that sent me her whole collection, so I didn't even have to go in and pull them. (laughs) And But what we found as we started going through them is that while there definitely are some all-in answers that really pack a punch, there are other ones where you kind of need the 35 to 40 minutes before that last answer for it to resonate. Mm-hmm. It loses something in translation when you just pick it up and lift it out and put it on a page by itself. So then I kind of came back to Deseret Book and I was like, listen, this idea that I thought was really good may not be as good <laughs> as I thought. And they were like, well, we still think that there could be something there. Let's see if we can iterate off of it. And kind of after thinking about it more, I started to look at all of those all-in answers and I broke them up into categories. Hmm. And then I looked at those categories and said, which ones do I think communicate this message the strongest? And so there were all kinds of different categories. So like all in through covenants or all in through the tough, like meaning Mm -hmm. tough experiences. There was um, all in being a disciple, all in as a single adult, all in hearing him and all of these things where I was like, these are the things that I have learned from hosting this podcast. And the one funny thing, Richie, is when you're publishing a book through Deseret Book, it goes through the Deseret Book board. Mm-hmm. So despite the fact that I knew the Deseret Book company was behind the idea, 
it could have gotten to the board and never been published. Sure. And so the whole time I was working on it, I had this thought in my head, you know, what if it gets to the board and it never gets published? And the thing that I kept telling myself was, if this book never sees the light of day, I will be glad that I wrote it because I want my kids to like have something someday to be like, look, this is what I did with this period of my life while I was waiting to be a wife and a mother, Mm -hmm. you know, like while I was, I didn't just sit around like, this is what I have to show for that period of my life. And so I think the cool thing about it is that the book has a much more personal tone Mm. because of that, because I wanted it to feel like I was talking to somebody that I loved and cared about. So the book ended up being kind of this personal exploration of what I've learned from interviewing all these people and asking them that same question of what does it mean to be all in, which is dramatically different than what I thought when I started hosting the podcast. But people will love that they get that glimpse into you because again, you know, you're the friend that they take to the grocery store and on road trips with the girls and, you know, they shared a bit of you in their Relief Society lesson or whatever the thing may be to have that sort of personal glimpse in written form now to be able to do it. Do you ever muse about the end of doing All In? Sometimes. Obviously, there's this is no sort of like spoiler alert. It's not coming. There hasn't been any sort of announcement for that. But but do you wonder what that looks like when I've looked at being like done with the cultural hall? First of all, I don't know how I would get to that point because right. I love it so much. It provides different opportunities than anything else that I do professionally or personally. Um, but secondarily, like I, I like I don't know how I would button uh you know, a, a long time series of interviews and discussions around Latter-day Saint news, I'd be like, uh, okay, done. You know, like, right. I don't, I don't, I can't envision what that would be like. You've never been able to figure it out? No, I've, I've thought about it. Mm-hmm. Definitely. I think one thing that I think about is, you know, how long will podcast be as relevant as they are right now. Mm -hmm. I think right now podcasts are such a part of our culture, but just like everything kind of runs its course. I don't know that podcasts will be around forever. Mm -hmm. And, but on the flip side, I always think I'll never run out of people. Sure. There are millions of people in this church and every single person has a story. And I think that's one thing that I'm super grateful for early on when we started hosting. And it's kind of along the lines of the same thing you were saying, like, I can interview anybody. Mm -hmm. I was really clear in that I didn't want it to be like just famous members of the church. Mm -hmm. I didn't want it to be just Deseret Book authors. I wanted it to be free to talk to anybody about their story And I think that makes it so the podcast can kind of go on as long as I want it to. Mm -hmm. Um, But I do think sometimes, you know, what will it look like when it has run its course and when it's done its job and and it's time to hang it up? I don't know. Is it like that? Is it a product that if you went in tomorrow and said, hey, I'm over this, you guys, that they'd be like, all right, closing up shop or they would it would move on to a role of someone else? I don't know. I I mean I think somebody else could do it just as well as I do it. No, I'm not come on. No, I'm not I'm not to the point of being like, oh, I'm so good they won't be able to replace me. But I do hope that I can do it a while longer. <laughs>
Imagine running a small business today. It's challenging. Imaging and internet presence is an absolute must. Even with that, you're still a small star in a bright cyber universe. Now, imagine you have someone who understands how to get your site designed for your talents and then easily searched by potential clients. Imagine Lennon Design. Whether it's strictly a website or a whole package of logo creation, advertising media, and promotional materials, Lennon Design is your partner in business. They'll test the boundaries of their imagination to create something unique for you. When you need creative, affordable design, let it be Lennon Design. Call 801-699-3022 or visit LennonDesign.com. Hi friends, Dan the Laptop Man here from PC Laptops. I get a lot of emails from people all the time. Here's one. Dear Dan, I hear your talk about a lifetime service guarantee. Free? Really? Please help me avoid all your fine print and be honest about what free means. You understand that we should be very wary of a free offer signed skeptical. Hi, skeptical. I remember 22 years ago when we started PC laptops and our lifetime service guarantee, people thought it was too good to be true. Well, you know, after a decade, people started believing me a little bit. But you know, it's been 22 years of having the privilege to serve our friends and neighbors like you. Our lifetime service guarantee has become the most trusted warranty in the industry. You can get a brand new PC Laptops desktop computer for $7.99 with a lifetime warranty. Check us out at PCLaptops.com. That's PCLaptops.com. Here's to seeing you soon, Skeptical. Something else that you said that we talked about when uh, you were in before when we were getting to know you, and I'll leave a link to that in the show notes for this episode, is you said something distinctly about waiting to become a wife and a mother. And I would look at you in your life and the things that you do... Um, and I'm not just meaning like this podcast or this book or those things. And and there is no element of waiting to me. Like when I think of waiting, I think of those people that that aren't that aren't going after these exciting things or or trying to challenge themselves. It was interesting to me that you use the term waiting. Right. Well, I I think that there's active waiting, mm -hmm. and then there's sitting around and twiddling your thumbs. Sure. Right. Sure. And I think it's funny. I think back to being in young women and them talking about, you know, preparing to be a wife and a mother. And I think to me, what that looks like is going and living my life the very best that I know how sure. and taking advantage of every opportunity and learning as much as I can from as many different people. And so how lucky am I to have had the opportunities that I've had Having said that, like, that is what I want more than anything. That's always been, I, I didn't set out to be a career woman. Mm -hmm. I think some people look sometimes and they're like, oh, like she's trying to climb some sort of ladder. And I'm like, no, every single thing that has come into my life, I think the one thing that I wanted was to be used by God. Mm -hmm. And whatever that looked like, I was willing, I'm willing to do it. But it wasn't like, oh, I've got to get this job and then that job's going to lead to this podcast. In fact, funny story, mm -hmm. when this book came out, a friend of mine messaged me. I, like I said, have always had this dream of writing a book. I didn't know what the book would look like. Mm -hmm. I actually think, still think, it would be really, really cool to write like a, an apostle's biography. Oh, sure. And just like completely deep dive into somebody's life. That's probably still on the bucket list. I actually haven't <laughs> marked that off. But I've always wanted to write a book. And so a friend of mine reminded me when this book came out, 
she wrote me a message and she's like, do you remember when you moved from Deseret News to Deseret Book, you were worried that that would keep you from being able to write a book? Because I honestly thought like, if I'm an employee, I can't write a book. They're not going to publish my book. And so like the fact that none of this in my mind has been like a calculated route to anything and, and seeing how this podcast actually is the way that I was able to write a book. I just think Heavenly Father works in our lives in ways that we cannot anticipate. And I'm just a really big fan of the idea that God can make more out of our lives than we can, you know, mm-hmm. when we turn it over to him. And so all that to say, like, I do still want to get married and have a family. But I also don't want to be caught twiddling my thumbs in the process. Sure. And I want to have made the very most of this time. And like I said, when that time does come, I want to have something to show for it. Yeah. Do you feel God intervention in the in the podcast and in the writing of the book? And if so, which you're nodding, people can't see your nod, Morgan, or can't hear your nod. I would be curious about a time where you feel like, it was uh, ask this question or, you know, go this way or, or some sort of divine intervention with what you do. Yeah, I can give you an example that's actually in the book. Um, there are countless examples, I think, of different times where different I've been led to different people or I've had like a random conversation where I was like, oh, my goodness, that's exactly what I've been looking for for this particular episode. Um, but... One of the very first times that I really felt that and felt like the Lord was actually involved was um, I got a text one day from a friend of mine named Perry Correa. And Perry asked me if I would read a blog post that he had written. And so I go, I read the blog post, and it's talking in first person about being excommunicated from the church. Mm Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what is going on here? Like, I didn't, I was so confused. I was like, is this somebody else that's written this? Is this Perry that's written this? And background is that Perry served his mission with my brother. I met Perry in the temple. Mm -hmm. And so I just was, I was like really kind of confused. And I wrote him back and I said, Perry, first of all, this is beautifully written, super powerful. Second of all, is this you writing this? And when did this happen? And he wrote back and he said, last Thursday. Oh, my gosh. And so it was this beautiful blog post all about his experience and how he was determined to remain active in the church. And I just had so much respect for him. And so then a few days pass and I... And you know this, like people don't talk about excommunication much in the church. And so I stumble upon this other article that was written by another man who had been excommunicated and had just been rebaptized. So within like three days, I've read these two different accounts and I all of a sudden like it's like this light bulb goes off for me and I'm like, what if we had these two men have a conversation from opposite ends of this experience? One that's just experienced that um loss of church membership and then the other who has remained faithful just like this other guy hopes to mm-hmm. and he is just has just been rebaptized like how cool would that be sure. so i reach out to the other guy who i don't know at all he's totally down to do it 
they end up having this conversation and I just kind of am there facilitating it. (laughs) Right. And the really cool thing for me, Richie, has been that those two men, one, like became friends and they would like touch base through that whole experience. Perry did end up getting rebaptized and he'll like send me messages from time to time. Like, I hope you know how much that experience meant to me. I'm getting rebaptized on this date. I'm speaking in state conference on this date. I got a message from a member of his state presidency saying how much it had meant to them. And I knew, Richie, that it was not me. Like, I knew that there was a reason that, like, Perry sent me the text in the first place. And there was a reason that I stumbled upon Rory Melee. That's his the other man's name. There's a reason I stumbled upon his post and... Like, I didn't orchestrate that. God orchestrated it. And so I think there are, like I said, countless times where I can tell you that it was not me. And that's why it's hard for me to, like, take any credit for almost anything that happens on this podcast other than, like, the epic fails that were, like, my idea. (laughs) Um, But a lot of the other stuff, I feel like it was him and he just allows me to have a little part in it which is pretty cool i think people would be curious to know about something you deem to be an epic fail oh boy well (laughs) there are episodes of this podcast that have never aired really yeah that's all i'm gonna say okay okay (laughs) yeah i i have whether rightfully or wrongfully i can only think of two episodes that we've never shared one because i didn't need the backlash and the other one, uh, I don't know why. I just kind of was like, mm, I don't think so. Yeah. And then have, have ducked that. But I have, there have been plenty where I was like, we'll make this one go on, you know, on a holiday weekend. Right. We'll just go ahead and hide Sneak this it one through. there. Yeah. Oh, no one? Okay, good. All right. Yeah. For the most part, they've been wonderful. And and honestly, even the ones that we didn't air, there were like reasons, mm-hmm. you know, and, and the people were like super understanding. But I feel like it just especially when you are a church-owned entity, mm-hmm. you want to be really sensitive to the message that you're putting out there. Sure. And that's something that I've taken really seriously. And the cool thing is because I think we've taken it really seriously, we've gotten a lot of trust, mm-hmm. not just from listeners, but ho- hopefully from listeners, but also from Deseret Book and the church where there's not a ton of oversight. It's like, Morgan, you interview who you feel good about. And that's been really nice. For sure. Uh, You know that at the end of every episode, we ask uh, three questions. It's been a bit since we talked with you last. So I will drop in on those questions uh, for you. But before we get to that, people can get all in the book uh, available wherever they get... It's on DeseretBook.com mm-hmm. in Deseret Book stores. And then I think Amazon, it's supposed to be available on Amazon like next week. Okay. So people can be able to get it there as well. Uh, it's called Just Like the Podcast, All In. Not Just Like the Podcast, Just All In. Forget it. Now I'm going to just talk circles around <laughs> that. It's called All In. That's a book. I'll, I'll provide a link there. Now you don't even have to look it up. I'll just, just click. Use your mouse and click the thing. The three questions that we ask everyone. The first question is, is do you have a calling right now? And if so, what is it? I do. I'm a Relief Society teacher in my neighborhood ward, which is a new experience for me because I was in a YSA ward for a very long time. Yeah. And the neighborhood ward is just a delight. Isn't it? I love it. Yeah. It's so great. I I don't know if I told you this when you came before, but I went one time to a singles ward after I was divorced and said, I will be going to a family ward for the remainder of my uh, attending church until I find that partner that I'll be with again. Yeah. So, um, cool. Well, good. You, you like being a teacher? You teach what? Once a month? 
I teach, yes, once a month. And I think Relief Society teaching is the greatest calling in the church. We had a lesson a couple of weeks ago. I didn't teach it, but a lady, <laughs> she she did such a good job. She just like taught, she gave a little introduction. She invited the spirit, which I think then makes people want to share their thoughts. Mm-hmm. And then she just like asked a question and it was about Sister Jones's essential conversations talk. Yes. And she just said like, what essential conversations have you had with your children and these ladies, it was like a master class mm-hmm. in being a mom. And I was like taking your, notes. Yeah, yeah. Your hands on fire, <laughs> smoke from the paper. Yeah, it was great. Yeah, the, the, the interesting thing for me so much, the older that I get, uh, sometimes we think within the callings of the church that we're just like, meh, it's whatever, right? We need a this, so we call a this. We need a that thing, we call a that thing. And, and when I look specifically at the teachers, um, both of the adults and of the youth, like that good teacher of the adults or of the youth is so invaluable more so than, you know, some of those, some of the other callings that, that could be given to any individual, but you get a good teacher who can facilitate a good, deep conversation where people are sharing things beyond, Oh, I like that, you know, but instead sharing things like, Oh, I struggled with this or I have found the truth through this or whatever the thing. I mean, worth their weight in gold. Yeah. And that's a lot of gold. Well, I'm I'm trying hard. I don't know how good I am at it. We've had some conference. I mean, when you're when you're teaching from conference talks, mm-hmm. and we've had some heavy hitting conference talks. Sure, that creates an interesting situation for a teacher. Do Do you like the content? Not contention. So when we oftentimes as members of the church, when we talk about contention, we think contention is of the devil, and we sort of go and spit it out. I don't mean that kind of contention. But More do you, so conflict. Yeah. Do you like the conflict as, as those things arise? I think I like the challenge of being middle of the road. Yeah. I think there was a lady actually that came up to me and she's like, I actually couldn't tell which side you were on. Mm. And I was like, great, we've <laughs> succeeded, you know. Um, to be honest, a lot of the time, I don't know what side I'm on, right. you know. So that makes it easier. But I think that I think that's it's an interesting challenge to me to recognize that there are people in the room that believe vastly different things as it relates not necessarily to the gospel of Jesus Christ, sure. but to different issues, social issues, things going on in the world, and that we have to find the way to to have them be able to have a dialogue and kind of meet in the middle in that classroom. I think I like that challenge. Yeah, because the growth comes through the conflict. Right. When, there, when there's not any, man, what are we doing? Right. Well, we, we just had a, a podcast episode with Craig Manning. Uh-huh. And one of the things that he said is truth is in the middle. Mm. And I'm like, how often do we get to the middle? And that's where truth is going to be found. So if we can do anything to to get people to that truth, then we're doing something right. If you could pick a calling for yourself, what would you pick? Oh, boy. I don't know. I think I really would like, because I've been in a YSA ward for so long, I think I'd really like to be in young women. Hmm. Just because my young women's leaders growing up were so influential and I think made such a difference in my life that feeling like I could maybe have that kind of impact on somebody's life is appealing to me. But I don't know. Now's the time to get into it because we're past girls camp season. So you have a good year. Before you have to go to girls camp. But I love girls camp. Well, so, then wait till next summer. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> Let someone else plan it all out and then you get to go on it there and, you then, go. and then pick it up. Uh, the last question, uh, just similar to yours, not similar in its tone, um, but 
but similar in that we do a last question that we ask everyone who steps in. Uh, I don't, I don't know as I sit here that I remember what you said last time, but I think that these things sort of change and evolve uh, as we participate with the gospel and, and with the church. Uh, but the, the question remains, and ask you to interpret it however you would like, is what is your favorite part of your faith? Mm, that is definitely one that would change over time. I would say right now it would be the concept of continuing revelation and not only personal revelation, but the knowledge that we have a living prophet and apostles. I think more so than in my entire life previous, I have been super, super grateful over the last almost two years, year and a half for a living prophet Mm -hmm. and the peace that that brings. And then also for personal revelation and guidance and the knowledge that Heavenly Father hears and answers our prayers. And I think those two things packaged together make the gospel of Jesus Christ just a tremendous blessing in my life on a daily basis. Hmm. Beautifully said. We hope that this episode uh, has nourished and strengthened your body. That if you're not healthy enough to listen this week, that you'll be healthy enough to listen next week. And that when the time comes, you will be able to travel home in safety. In the meantime, Rick McGee, Debbie Wanless, Brother Brent, and Chocolate Cake Bites podcast will be saving a seat for you on the back row of the Cultural Hall. Save me a seat, it's sure to be neat. On the back row, we really gotta go on the Cultural Hall show.